3, 2, 1, roll. Welcome back to the Strategist Sprints podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and my guest today is known as the queen of cold calling. She's an author, speaker, sales trainer, sales coach, and is recognized as one of the leading authorities on lead generation, cold calling, and new business development. She teaches a simple three-step method that on average increases qualified and appointments and sales by 73%, without having to micromanage salespeople. Clients include Avon products, ADP, Sprint, and thousands of businesses throughout the world. Welcome everybody, Wendy Weiss. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction, Simon. I'm so happy to be here with you. And I am happy that you're here because cold calling is something that is still super important for most businesses, yet so many don't know it or they know it, but they are afraid of because they don't have your three steps. So we will learn a lot on how to uh, manage your sales team without micromanaging it when it does prospecting and cold calling super relevant. But first, what are you currently creating? Well, what I'm currently creating is the Salesology prospecting method. We're in the process of letting the world know and working with our clients on the Salesology prospecting method, which is that three-step method that in, on average increases sales by appointments, qualified appointments and sales by 73% without having to micromanage salespeople. So that's what I'm working on right now. Cool. What are the three steps? What are the three steps? Um, very simply, uh, my first career, Simon, uh, I danced in a ballet company. I was never, ever supposed to be uh, the founder of Salesology, the queen of cold calling. I was supposed to be a ballerina. And... Um, I believe that everything that I know in life and in business, I learned in ballet class. So what I learned in ballet class, and we can get as granular as you'd like to get with this, Simon, but what I learned in ballet class was, first of all, warm up. If you're a dancer, you don't run out on stage and just start dancing. You have to warm up so that you do not hurt yourself because that could be career ending. So there are certain things that businesses, business owners have to have in place for salespeople so that they can warm up and so they don't hurt themselves and they don't hurt you and your bottom line. The next thing, the next step that I learned in ballet class, you know, if you're a dancer and you have a concert coming up, you don't just run out on stage and start dancing. You have been rehearsing for months. And when you rehearse for months, what happens? You do the same thing over and over again until it just becomes a part of you. You don't have to think about it. It's, you, it's just automatic memory. And uh, that's what enables you to get out on stage and perform. Well, the same thing is true for salespeople. They need to practice. Anna Pavlova, who was... Uh, a famous ballerina who danced uh, the late 19th, early 20th century, um, very famously said, no one arrives from talent alone. Work transforms talent into genius. 
So what that, and she trained for eight years at the Imperial Russian Ballet School before she joined the Imperial Russian Ballet. So what that means is salespeople have to train, they have to learn their craft. It won't take them eight years, but they need to learn it. And the third step of the model is perform. That when you're a dancer, that's what it's about. It's about getting out on stage and, and doing that performance. And what enables you to do the performance and nail it every single night is that you've warmed up and you've rehearsed. So what enables salespeople to be incredibly successful is that you as the business owner put the pieces in place that they need for the warm up. And if you want Simon, we can talk about that, that those pieces need to be in place so they don't hurt themselves and inadvertently hurt your bottom line. Um, and then they need to practice so they get that automatic muscle memory that enables them to simply excel. And that is my salesology, very simple three-step method. I love it, both both because I we love to dance here. In, in Vienna, there is a big uh, dance festival every summer. It's called Impulse Dance Festival. And so it is for non-dancers, um, the best dancer from the whole globe come in here. And for one month, we do workshops like we were pros. So we can go to the pro workshops um, without being it. And so we can leave this atmosphere and practice, practice, practice every day with the best teachers. And in the evening, the teachers, they perform. The, the whole day they give workshops and they teach us. And in the evening they perform and you see the stars. And so I know how it feels to practice and, uh, and, to, uh, and to have feet and hands that, that uh, hurt, but still having that practice and um, and um, preparing for performance. And I love that it is so simple. Warm up, rehearse, perform. That's it. That's so it. what can we do for, for warm up? Well, if you are a business owner, the very first thing that you have to do before you set your salespeople loose, if you want them to be setting up more qualified appointments, step one is define the target. Don't leave this up to them. Define the target for them. What makes a qualified prospect for you, for your salespeople in your market with your offering? Because when you define the target and you and it's got to be concrete, it's got to be objective, and you want to have a very narrow focus, you micro-target. What that does is it makes it easier to find them, easier to create the messaging that's going to resonate, they are more likely to get the qualified appointment. And because it's a qualified appointment, they are more likely to get the client. So that's the first part of the warm up. Then you need to define the process. If you think about it, when you say to a salesperson, go talk to some prospects, go make some phone calls, there are so many decisions that they have to make. Well, who am I going to call? Uh, what am I going to say? Uh, what if I can't reach them? Do I leave a voicemail? Am I going to send them an email? Should I reach out on social media? Should I send a, send a text if I'm going to send an email? Uh, what should I say in the email? Well, how many times should I reach out? What's the frequency? What happens if I don't reach them? <laughs> what happens if I'm leaving all these messages and they're not responding? What do I do? Those are all process questions. So you need to answer them ahead of time. 
And uh, Peter Drucker, who is known as the father of modern business management, he very famously said, what's measured improves. And what that means is if you have a step-by-step -step defined process and you track it and you benchmark it, then you know how it works and then you can make it better. So when you define the process for your salespeople and you benchmark it, one, you know what works, two, you can make it better, three, you then know what it takes to make a salesperson successful and when you hire someone new, you know what it takes to make them successful. The third part of the warm-up, and these are all the things that you need to have in place before you set your salespeople loose. The third part of the warm-up is to define your message. Um, do not leave this up to them because they don't know what to say. Even your, experience, even your experienced people sometimes don't know what to say. This is the way I think about it. You are the only company in the world that has your clients that you've been able to help the way you've been able to help them. That, you're the only one. You're the only company. And that is a unique story. That's a unique differentiator. And your salespeople are telling your story because uh, they don't have a story yet. So they're telling your story and you want them to be able to tell that story succinctly, but yet in a very compelling manner because they're representing you and they're representing your company. Um, so these are all the things that the definition of the target, definition of the process and definition of the method uh, message. This is what you have to have in place for your salespeople if you want them to be successful. That's your I, res I resonate so much. That's the warm up part one, because I, I did I did this mistake myself to to hire salespeople and say, hey, come uh, onto my sales team now. Help me do this. Um, this is your this is your goal. This is your target. This is the remuneration. And now let's go. And I thought it, everything is clear, right? But um, the sales script was too long. The documentation was not completely clear. It had too many still decision points on their side. And the frequency of the follow-up was not defined. Everything that you just said, we had just half of that in place. And of course, it was overwhelming. Of course, it didn't work. So this is really important that you do it up front. And uh, the sales script really needs to be validated and worked many, many times before you hand it over and say, this is the script. Absolutely. And the, uh, the research shows, I was looking at it yesterday, it's something like 83% of newly hired salespeople are gone in three years and 30% of them are gone in three months. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you think about it, that's a really expensive proposition. I mean, it's expensive uh, to hire a new salesperson, but then also to keep a new salesperson around for three years, not producing, and then they leave. Um, you can teach someone if you get, if you put these pieces in place, and this is what we do in salesology, but when you put these pieces in place, you can teach a new salesperson to set up appointments, qualified appointments, and you can do that in a matter of months. And that will tell you 
if you have a if you have a new hire that will not talk to strangers on the telephone, it is very unlikely they are going to be a successful salesperson. So, uh, sorry about that. So yeah, it's very okay. it's very unlikely that they're going to be successful for you. So you can do that in a matter of months. And if they are not able to set up qualified appointments, that somebody else can go on, somebody that knows what they're doing, they're probably uh, not a great hire. My weakness as, as a closer is that I jump too fast into solutions. I get excited and I jump too fast into solutions before really diving deep into the problem. And the same thing I did in our conversation. I jumped directly into the warm-up. But many people right now are thinking, wait a moment, cold calling, that's not right for me. Inbound is the only thing, no outbound. What, let's go back one second. Why is cold calling still so relevant? And should people have always a mix of inbound, outbound? Or what's your perspective on this? Sure, that's a great question. And certainly... Uh, I've been doing this for 25 years and people have been saying cold calling is dead for 25 years. Cold calling's not dead, doesn't work the way it did 25 years ago, but it is certainly not dead. And let me share with you my definition of the term cold call. That is anytime you are reaching out to someone that you do not know or do not know well. And so that actually includes uh, what all the other forms of lead generation. Even if you've got somebody that contacts you, they come to your website, they fill out that contact form and they say, I want to talk to you. You have to be able to talk to them. Your salespeople have to be able to talk to them. And I cannot tell you how many people uh, tell me, ah, they filled out the form on, on my website. I'm looking at it right now. I called them up. They don't know what I'm talking about. They don't know who I am. Um, they're opening all my emails. I call them up. Uh, I say, ah, oh, I see you're interested in whatever the email was about. They don't know what I'm talking about. Or it turns out it's the executive assistant who said, oh, yeah, my boss just wanted me to sign up for the emails. So this is a communication skill. And, and it's really about the ability to communicate with that human being that you really don't know and get them excited about what you have to offer. That's what cold calling is. So it's a, it's a very clear definition. And we had here people who, who were discussing the different schools, the inbound school versus the outbound school. And some people said, you are either a champ at one and then you just don't touch the other. And then we had other who say, well, I prefer a mix. I prefer having them both. In your definition, it's not a clear black and white because even the inbound call is treated uh, like an outbound call, really. Yeah, well, you, you need to be able to communicate. Your salespeople need to be able to communicate with your prospects, uh, wherever, they wherever they come from. And uh, the... The thing about cold calling, I mean, so many businesses are, are just reactive in that they're doing inbound and they are just, whatever comes in the door, you know, that's who we're going to work with. Whether or not that lead that 
comes in, I'm making finger quotes here, the lead that comes in, whether or not that lead is appropriate. They knocked on our door. They said they wanted to talk. We're going to talk to them. Um, the thing that is so wonderful about cold calling that is so powerful is you get to choose. You get to define the target and go out and introduce yourself. So, you know, the question that a lot of business owners ask themselves is, well, who wants to do business with me? But I think that's the wrong question. I think the right question is, who do I want to do business with? And when you ask that question and you create that definition, well, this is who I'd like to do business with. These are the parameters of the type of prospect that I want to work with. Then you can introduce yourself to that type of prospect. So it's actually very powerful. I like it. You choose who you want to do business with and then you say, hey, let's partner up. It's a different transactional energy. It's a and it's a different mindset uh, and it's a very powerful mindset. Absolutely. And even if I think a completely inbound moment, for example, today somebody wrote me on LinkedIn. I, I don't know this person and I get a message and it says, hi, Simon. I want to be coached by you. I need to get my sales up. And I was like, yes. So he knows what I do, uh, for whom he knows that he fits. And I'm excited about the call. But I guess, I don't know, because I didn't find out yet. He has a, a, a lifetime of 16 minutes with my systems. But I guess that he has watched around a dozen videos or listened to 30 to 50 podcast episodes. In order for me to hit 30 times his ear or his eye, uh, I have probably produced 300 videos. And so at the end, it looks so simple and they come to you. But to create that, it was an active creating right. 300 pieces of content over one year, probably. Right. So it, it, both ways, it is active work. It, it is warm up, rehearse, perform. Exactly. It's always warm up, rehearse, perform. Absolutely. That's life. Yeah. And now I think we have now also the, the others on board and we can move to point two, rehearse. But after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategysprints.com slash tools. We are warmed up. Now we rehearse. Now we rehearse. Um, I said this before, Anna Pavlova, uh, great Russian ballerina, danced uh, at the end of the 19th century, early 20th century with the Russian Imperial Ballet. Uh, she went on to dance with Ballet Diaghilev, and uh, then she was the first ballerina to tour the world with her own dance company. And she very famously said that no one arrives from talent alone, that work transforms talent into genius. And, you know, when you're, she trained for eight years at the Imperial Russian Ballet School in St. Petersburg before joining the Imperial Russian Ballet. When you're a ballet dancer, you take a ballet class every single day. When you're training, you take two or three. And a ballet class has a certain set order. You start at the bar, 
that's B-A-R-R-E, and you do plies, and you do tonsus, and you do degage, and you do rond de chambre, and you always do these steps in exactly that order. What you are doing when you take class every single day and you do the same steps in the same order every single day is you're building technique. Technique is habit. You do the same thing over and over and over again until it just becomes a part of you. You don't have to think about it. You can just do it. And the same is true for salespeople that uh, prospecting is a very specific skill set and they need to, to learn it. That's you put the pieces in place with the warm up, and they need to practice it uh, so that it becomes automatic muscle memory. If you think about uh, some of the great athletes, uh, Megan Rapinoe led her team to the World Cup in soccer twice. She didn't just run out on, this, on the field and start playing soccer. She learned the sport. She practiced the sport. Yo-Yo Ma, uh, world-famous cellist. He didn't just pick up the cello and start playing. He learned the instrument. He practiced. So why wouldn't salespeople do exactly the same thing? And uh, so that, that's the second piece, the second step in this simple salesology three-step method. Warm up and then rehearse. Absolutely. And even if for us impulse dance is just once a year in the summer in Vienna, even my kids, if you ask them, they can tell you right now, envelope, develop, plie, plie, envelope, develop, plie, plie, because that's what we do there every yeah, day every for day. one month. You remember it. Yes. And uh, and for me, I'm, I'm a triathlete. For me, it's the daily running. I, I wake up like for other people, it's it's brushing their teeth. For me, is I go run 10 kilometers. That's that's what I do. And then there is there is breakfast. That yeah. it's the normal day, and it's 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 the routine. It's the practice. Exactly. Rehearse, and now we are ready for perform. We are ready to perform. Okay. There is the, the supreme test for a ballerina is 32 fuetes. A fuete is a turn on one leg. You turn all the way around without putting your other leg down and you're on point. So you're on your toes. So you need to turn around 32 times in a row without putting the other leg down on your toes. You're not supposed to move from the spot on the floor where you start and your audience counts. So if you do 31, they know. So this is how you learn how to do 32 fuetes. Um, it's the common wisdom that in order to nail 32 fuetes on stage, you need to be able to do 64 in class. So that's 64 turns in a row on one leg without putting the other leg down on your toes without moving from the spot on the floor where you start. You spread out in the dance studio, you're always facing the mirror. Um, so you can watch yourself. The accompanist starts playing the music. It's always this very circusy sounding music with a very driving rhythm. And you start doing fuetes and you do a couple of fuetes and you fall down, get back up, do a couple more, fall down, get back up, do a couple more, fall down. Before you know it, you're doing three and then you fall down. But here's the thing, if you keep doing it, over time, 
you can actually execute 64 fuetes in class, 64 turns on one leg without putting the other leg down in a row on your toes without moving from the spot on the floor, which means that you can get out on stage every single night and nail 32 fuetes. It works exactly the same way in training salespeople, that when they have warmed up and they have practiced, what gets you through nailing 32 fuetes on stage every single night is that you have warmed up and you have rehearsed. And the elephant in the room here is call reluctance. You know, oh, you know, sometimes people will say to me, well, Wendy, you know, uh, we give them scripts, we practice with them, they still won't pick up the phone. For most people, if they really, uh, what I've seen over the years, when we help them warm up and we rehearse with them, the call reluctance goes away. It's like stage fright. You're waiting in the wings for your music to, to come on and your heart's pounding and your palms are sweaty and you're really nervous, but you hear your music, you hear your cue and you go out on stage and you dance. And what gets you through your stage fright is that you've warmed up and you've rehearsed. And for most salespeople, that's what gets them through call reluctance. It goes away. And there are a handful of people in the world that no matter what you do, they will never pick up the phone and talk to strangers. And you can find that out in a matter of months. But for everyone else, once they learn a very simple system and they have warmed up and they have practiced, then they're able to perform. Two experiences come to my mind. One was when I was a young, young consultant in my first decade of experience, I had to, I, I was always the one saying, I, I, I want the big projects. I want the, the difficult projects. And so I got them. And, and then I was there and I needed, and it was midnight. Next day, eight o'clock in the morning, I had to moderate 480 uh, top executive of one of the 10 biggest companies in the world in how they should execute a, a market entry strategy in their country. And so we are in this country. I'm so uh, excited, but also afraid. And I asked my mentor, Martin, Martin, if you're listening, shout out to you. I, Martin, how the hell should I do this? Uh, I'm 26. These these are the most senior guy of the most interesting brand in the planet. How should I tell them how to do their market entry strategy? And he said, Simon, you go to your hotel room. You have eight hours. You do practice 10 times to the wall. That's it. I went to my room. I practiced 10 times to the wall. <laughs> Next day, yeah. we did a great job. Yeah. That's it, 10 yeah. times to the wall. And then the other experience called reluctancy. So in, in, in my case, I just send emails, I don't call, but same thing before I push that button. Oh my God, I'm afraid. Oh my God, what will they think? Oh my God, if there is a typo. And, and, then, and, and then I took a coach and he told me, Simon, it's normal. You were a farmer. Now you are a hunter. It's, it's another sport. It's contact sports. Hit that button. And um, he just hit that button 10 times a day. And, and so I started hitting the button. And it's true. After, I don't know, 50 times, I guess 50 times was around 
the 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 tipping point now i'm not afraid of it anymore i i i'm i even enjoy it i know that half of them will go wrong yes so yeah it's a dance it's a conversation not every conversation goes well so so what but uh, every start has magic in it and every start has has a chance and and can be enjoyed actually absolutely and um I notice you have not died from doing this. No mm -hmm. one has actually ever died from picking up the phone and talking to somebody that they don't know. And you know, the way the way I think about it also is that if you believe in the value of what it is whatever it is you're selling. Um and and your salespeople need to believe in the in that value, but assuming they do, you have a moral obligation to let people know about it. You are doing them a disservice if you don't pick up the phone and introduce yourself or you don't send that email because, uh, you know, what might they think? Well, maybe they're thinking I need some help and you could help them and then you don't contact them. So That's, ex that's yeah. exactly what my business coach said. He said, Simon, you, you are thinking wrong here. You think that you come with something and that you are uh, stopping them from something more important. Uh, think the other way. Um, there's people in, in the desert and you have water and uh, they want water. So just tell them, hey, it's water. Do you need water? <laughs> they, they will thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, part of it also uh, is being able to this goes back to the warm-up, the, the targeting, if you're uh, having, the, having the water uh, and you're at a big freshwater lake and people can get all the water they need right right there, maybe, maybe not. But if they're in the de desert and you've targeted that, they do need the water. Exactly. And exactly. So we have Professor Yagdish Katri here. Constant practice brings excellence even into our subconscious mind and helps in giving our best. How much is the subconscious at work in a sales team? It's in work. It, it's there a lot. And um, a lot of salespeople, here, here's the thing. A lot of people say and believe things about prospecting that do not help them. And if you manage salespeople, you may believe some of these things. It doesn't really help your team. But here are some of the myths that pretty much guarantee failure. Uh, one of the myths is that it's a numbers game and uh, people mm. need to dial the phone 100 times a day. And if they're not getting traction, then they should dial the phone 200 times a day. And, and then if they're not getting traction with that, they should dial the phone 300 times a day and so on. That's really not sustainable. But the real numbers game is about conversion. It's converting the dials into conversations with decision makers and then converting those conversations into qualified appointments. So that's the real numbers game uh, that we play. Uh, there's also the myth of the born salesperson. Mm. This is a myth. I mean, nobody was born knowing how to do this. It's, it's People could be born with a lot of talent. 
Anna Pavlova was born with a lot of talent. Then she studied for eight years at the Imperial Russian Ballet School. So uh, Megan Rapinoe, born with a lot of talent, but she learned to play soccer. Um, so uh, talent alone is, is not enough. And the myth of the born salesperson just does such a disservice. Uh, then there is, uh, it's about learning to deal with rejection. People just have to toughen up and learn to deal, suck it up. It, it sucks, deal with it. Uh, go through the nose and hang-ups until somebody says yes to you. I will let you in on a secret. Nobody wants to do that. Your salespeople do not want to learn to deal with rejection. That's not what it's about. What it is about is help them get the skills and the mindset so that they can be effective. And then another myth, last, last myth, is that it's about responding to um, getting really good at rebuttals. That I actually have an ongoing, um, have an ongoing kind of argument with a colleague of mine who says prospecting, uh, the skill in prospecting is about knowing what to say when the prospect says no. Which to me is really crazy because I think it's about knowing what to say so they say yes. So that goes back to the warm up. Yes, there are so many schools, right? There is the Chris yeah. Voss school that says, go for no. There is the Jim Camp school, go for no. There's the Harvard school, how to get to yes. I, I was talking today to Perry Marshall. He has eight, eight different types of sales people. And um, what, find out what is yours and do more of that. What is your, how, what is, how, you, how do you conceptualize that for teams to help them find their style? To help them, I'm not sure I understand your question. Their, their style for prospecting. Yeah, since every every successful salesperson in your in your model is different. So, how to find out what their strength is? How to divide the sales work in a team? How to divide the sales work in a team? Well, we start when you have a newly hired salesperson. The first thing you really have to figure out is, will they talk to strangers on the phone? Because if the answer is no, they're probably not going to be really successful for you. And so uh, we start by using the ability to set an appointment as a litmus test for whether or not somebody is going to be successful. Because if they can't, uh, you can teach someone to set an appointment in a matter of months. And if they're not ready to actually handle that appointment, they can set an appointment for somebody that is more experienced and they can go on that appointment and, and learn from the person that is more experienced. But that's where we always start because it's really a litmus test for success. In terms of the this uh, progression, some people are natural hunters I mean, I certainly, when I started, I had a, uh, a natural talent for that. And I was really lucky. I got a lot of training and coaching, which made me even, you know, made me really good at it. Um, and some people are, are better at nurturing accounts and growing accounts, more, more of a uh, customer service type thing. But we always start by just teach them to set an appointment. Because if they can't do that, they're probably not going to be really successful. You can find that out in a matter of months 
without spending tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars keeping them around for a year, two years, three years, only to f they leave or you fire them. So s some people say setting the appointment, that's the marketing team, and then closing the deal is, is the sales team. In, in your model, it's setting and closing is done by the sales team? It could be. Or it could be separate teams. It could be a business development team that's just really good at setting appointments. And then they set it up for people that are more experienced, that are able to close. Um, so I was talking primarily about when you bring someone new in, where you, mm -hmm. where you have to start them. It also depends cool. on the size, size of your team. You have brought something very cool for us, a, a present for our community. But first, before we go there, I'm interested in the three books or similar that have shaped you most. Well, we've actually been talking uh, today about what has shaped me most. I, I said right off the bat, everything I know in life and business, I learned in ballet class. And um, the the ability uh, to warm up, then rehearse, then perform. That's what I learned in ballet class. I danced uh, several years with Pittsburgh Ballet Theater and then with the Cincinnati Ballet. Um, and that's that was what shaped my early years. And then when I segued into doing training and coaching, I just realized early on that that's a model that makes sense. And it it's a model that makes sense for so many things in life and certainly in business. So that's that's really, Simon, that's what shaped me, ballet class. Yeah, I get this so much because when when we go with our, our family, our friends, we all go to this Impulse Dance Festival every year in the summer. And what I do is uh, once a day, I go to the book part where they sell the books about dancing and I always go to the choreography section. And I love the books from choreographers for choreographers because, I, I, I don't know, but uh, I see 100% things that are about management, about entrepreneurship, understanding the space, the resources, the material and how you organize the experience, intensification versus non what what is experienced inside the performance and from outside and how to design this experience. I always read it like, hey, this is how to, how to design a business. Yes, yes. And, you know, one of the things also that is wonderful about ballet, you know, we get very granular in ballet. Um, and it's, it's such an exacting uh, discipline, such an exacting uh, and difficult art form. And here's the thing that when you do a step in ballet, it, ballet, it's not random movements. It's actually based on how the body moves. And when you do a step in ballet, if you don't do the step right, you can't do the step. It doesn't work. And the same thing applies to salespeople, that it's not just warm up and practice something over and over again. 
It's warm up and practice the right things over and over again, because it's only when you do it right that it actually works. And uh, one of the questions I'm asked all the time, you know, when, Wendy, what should I tell my team to say? Because everybody's saying I'm not interested. You know, we have a script, but everybody's saying I'm not interested. Well, if everybody says you're not in, they're not interested, that means your people aren't saying anything interesting and your script doesn't work. So it's doing the right thing, warm up, do the right, practice the right things, and that's what enables you to, to execute. That's what I learned in ballet class. You can nominate one person for the strategy award. When everybody's zigging, this person is zagging. Who do you nominate? Okay, I'm going to nominate Tom Poland. Hmm. And uh, yeah, Tom Poland of Leedsology, that's who I would nominate. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, he has, uh, he has great programs and he really takes care of his clients. Beautiful. Yeah. And you have a present for our community. I will put up the link here. What have you brought yes. for us? This is uh, the business owner's guide to scheduling more qualified appointments when their prospects are all completely freaking out. So this was written during COVID. This sales situation has, has changed uh, from where it was in 2019 and early 2020. And so um, the subtitle of this book is, is uh, 12 Steps for Growing Sales Today with what's going on today. So uh, I invite you to download my complimentary guide, Business Owner's Guide to Scheduling More Qualified Appointments when their prospects are all completely freaking out. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And um, who should be my next guest? Well, have you interviewed Tom? I was on his podcast. He was not yet on my podcast. Well, you should interview Tom Poland. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Where can people uh, get a hold of you, read more about you? Well, I invite you. Uh, our website is coldcallingresults.com. So I invite you to visit us at coldcallingresults.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Um, and uh, those are probably the two best places. Thank you so much for being here, Wendy, for sharing your journey and your wisdom from ballet to the three steps of closing, warm up, rehearse, perform. Thank you so much. Please come back soon. Thank you for having me. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.